The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. The Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with We Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to We Edition and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. We Edition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription. You heard that right, 12 months free. If you follow the link in the description box for casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in persistent and nasty at checkout. Hello, you gorgeous lot, and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here. How are you all doing? Today's episode, we have the lovely, gorgeous, funny actor, writer Louise Stewart joining me. Um, We chat about everything from a really good cup of tea to the class divide in our industry um, and also writing comedy parts for women and uh, the improvement that has been made within our industry. Uh, It's a really great episode, really fun, really light-hearted. As always, you can follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty, send a wee email to us at persistentandnasty at gmail.com and you can always follow myself, Elaine.Stirrit, at Elaine.Stirrit I should say, on Instagram and at Elaine Stirrit on Twitter and Louise is at Ms Louise Oliver on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you, as always, to those of you who have been supporting us. And if you can and feel that you are able to uh, give us the price of a cup of tea or coffee, the link to our PayPal is in the description of this episode. For today's episode, definitely a cup of tea because Louise does make a great cup of tea, as do I. Um, If not, a wee glass of wine, a wee drink of juice... Or just whatever your favourite tipple is. As always, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cloud. <gasps> I don't like this new recording in progress thing. Recording in progress. You are being judged. <laughs> Everything you say. <laughs> right? Like, you see that it's recording. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it's. Actually, though, maybe if you're blind, that's a really yeah. It's for accessibility, thing. I suppose it's a good thing, isn't it? Yes. But maybe they just have to change the voice. Maybe it the voice. Does, she does sound like she is judging you, though. She's a bit dystopian, isn't she? Uh huh. She really is. She's like, yeah. mm, the world is coming to an end. I mean, which it is being recording, and you will be killed within five seconds if you do not comply. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Louise Stewart, to the Persistent and Nasty Podcast. I don't know why I went to the Mexican waves tonight, but it's happening. I think it's like the wine. Like it's wine. wine. I've literally not seen you in fucking forever. I know. It was bloody lovely to see you. Yes. I kind of, I'm trying to think the last time I actually saw you in person in the flesh. When was the last time I touched you? I don't know. So long ago. So long ago, but you know. I haven't touched many people since COVID, you know. You can touch me anytime. Fully consent to that. I fully consent. You don't know I'm there. One day I just I just start just touch me. Touch me. Um, touch me please. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm actually really excited to get to chat to you. Um for those of you who don't know who Louise is, how bloody dare you? I don't know who I am. Who I mean, 
I know who you are. I don't know who I am most of the time. I definitely know who you are. Louise is an actress, writer, director, photographer, uh, excellent tea maker. That is true. That is true. Although, let me tell you, right? See, my boyfriend, he does not drink hot beverages, which I found so fucking weird, right? So weird. And I, I show my love through making tea, which makes my life a bit more difficult. <laughs> So I'm like, hold on a second. Do I actually have to make some sort of romantic effort? I can't just make you copious amounts of tea. So yeah, that's kind of ruined ruined my life a wee bit. But it's fine. That, I would find that really hard. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah. I don't want to judge him, but I'm judging him. But you're judging him, right. yeah. And he's that's like, like my judgment though about people who don't like cheese. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see why you wouldn't like it if it's like a digestion issue yeah fine if you're intolerant to it and it makes because yeah. I had I had a cheese night that was just seared in my memory oh my god it's horrific at Christmas time I ate too much cheese and I thought this is it I'm gonna die yeah and I spent just the whole night lying naked shivering on the toilet floor <laughs> honestly it was horrific and I did not eat cheese for months and months and months and months afterwards I mean that's fair that's absolutely fair questioning all of that. But just, you know, the people that come straight out and are like, no, I don't like cheese. I'm like, oh, I am judging you as a person and I am thinking, I don't trust you. So, see, I feel like that and I don't know whether what I'm going to say is controversial because I can't mind whether your partner uh, partakes in such a thing. But I feel that about people that say, I don't have a telly. <laughs> Well, we definitely do have a telly. We get he, a didn't telly. Have a, he, didn't, he didn't have a mobile for a long time. He does. Yeah, now. I, I um, remember that. I just I was trying to remember what he said back in the day. I was like, I don't have a TV. No, he was fucking lying. If he said he if he said he didn't have a telly, he was absolutely fucking lying. Maybe he was just like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't watch TV. It's like making attraction. Like, <laughs> bullshit. He does have a fucking telly. That's good. That's good. Well, I say I'm like that about maybe, maybe it's like you know alcohol if you've got it you drink it so maybe these people are stopping themselves from you know yeah maybe maybe it's much telly thing and the tea thing and the telly thing yeah but yeah being a scot and being a lover of tea is quite difficult I also am like making a cup of tea for somebody is a very important thing to do yeah and Which actually it's you kind of because I've been you know I've done a lot of shitey temp jobs in the past where I've had to make lots and lots of tea and coffee for people um and I must say I've never had a complaint about my tea oh but I don't like other people making me tea <laughs> I'll tell you who's worst mama the worst um, like honestly we have this thing where she hates my tea and I hate her tea which I think is bullshit because my tea's perfect but obviously. I don't even know what she does to make it so disgusting. <laughs> My mum is a fan of like, well, actually, I think it's more because she's hit that period in her life where caffeine is not her friend. Um, and uh, she, it's like she wishy-washies the tea bag over the yeah, water. Yeah. And I'm like, mum, no, I actually want to taste the tea. Can you yeah, just... There's a balance, isn't there? I'm, no, no. <laughs> anyway, before we get too caught up in tea, because we could talk about tea all Let's night. just start a podcast about tea. I mean, actually, that would be really interesting. <laughs> we could go through flavours, where they're from, the history of tea. And drink tea, obviously. We'll, we'll I'm going to find out if there is a t- podcast about tea. I mean, if there isn't, <laughs> that's my next venture. Um, <laughs> Louise, tell our lovely listeners all about your little pot of history, how you began in this crazy ass fucking industry of our oh jesus how did it begin (laughs) um uh, um so right let me think so i was never ever intending to become an actor it was never my intention in life um i never really i I did a wee bit of it when i was younger i was in toonspeak theater company which is a like a a youth company in springburn um or wasn't spread well it still is in springburn i think um so i did a wee a wee stint there but mostly I grew up dancing. So, you know, I enjoyed performing as such. Uh, then I went to uni and I did an English degree. Um, and when I was at uni, 
had a boyfriend. And it all we're all to blame, we're all to blame <laughs> for everything. I had a boyfriend who was an actor, and um he <laughs> He you realised you were better than him. So <laughs> well, obviously. Um, no. He was he was part of this drama group. This is gonna sound so fucking weird, right? He was part of this drama script drama script. Why can I speak too much wine? Right. Drama group. So um there was a whole bunch of people there. Like Manny from Scott Squad was in it. Um and Omar Raza was in it as well. So, you know, more like comedy people. And for some strange reason, I tagged along. <laughs> so, and this group embraced me as like the sort of only white person. <laughs> and we went for years. And to this day, they are still a bunch of my old, like oldest friends. Do you know what I mean? And it was while I was there. It was, it was such a nice group. And it was so you know, it was kind of like really low key, but they had brilliant people doing like facilitating the classes. So like quota bisset and stuff like years and years and years and years ago. Um, and it was kind of her and um, another teacher called Dalgender who kind of encouraged me a wee bit. And I, I suppose I never took much encouraging, but I finished the degree. Um, I then enrolled to Langside College. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Um and uh, dumped a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, well, me and the boyfriend broke up. Um, and then got another boyfriend. <laughs> no, why? Why? Um, <laughs> too much wine. Um, yeah, and then obviously I did, I did the three years at Langside and kind of didn't really know what I was letting myself in for. Even though at that point I was like, 21 which by the way is kind of like weird when you go into a class where you're you're not like the oldest like Mm -hmm. a sort of like old 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 person but you're certainly by no means the youngest because there was like 16 year olds in that class yeah but you then spend the next three years playing people's mums yeah do you know what I mean it's so weird and then you come out then you come out drama school and you're like 23 or whatever and you're like oh I'm ancient do you know what I mean? I, I feel like an ancient person. And I kind of, like Duncan, is my mate Duncan, who's also in the course as well, um, we kind of carried that weirdly for years afterwards because yeah. psychologically we had been playing, you know, people's mums and like old granny goats. And <laughs> <laughs> like, but hey, I played Mary, Jesus's mum. So do you know I mean like sort of like the archetypal mum? So I was, it was kind That's of so up. true. That is something that probably all drama schools do without actually even realising that what they're then put, as you say, you then put on people. Yeah, and it's confusing because you do leave and you go, oh, what is my what is my casting type? And to this day, I've never really figured it out, to be honest. But you're like, what is my casting type? Because, you know, 20, 23 and probably only looked about fucking 19 at the time or something, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, and you're kind of like, oh, I, I didn't really know. And you, you sort of, confused are you why why you're not getting seen for these parts actually you're not even remotely sort of like right for yeah and it does take a while for you to kind of go ah right okay right that's fine and sort of settle into your actual and it's only by meeting other people your age I think other actors as it goes on um but anyway I'm talking a little shite you're, um, not, you're absolutely not you're making really good points <laughs> you're not thanks thanks a lot um so yeah so after that um obviously sort of but it feels like so long ago. How weird. Um, I think I signed with an agent not long after. I think it was Maureen Cairns, I think. Could be wrong. Um, and then obviously I went for auditions. And I think my first job that I managed to get was a panto. Um, and then a couple other wee jobs in here. But then eventually, um, eventually I got Berniston, which was great and scary um and I can't say that was like without sort of knowledge because Robert is my uncle um but that actually was kind of I think a worry for the comedy unit because they were like well, that's a bit weird <laughs> but you know I mean it's like Ian as well Ian I've known since I was in god knows what age a young bairn yeah. um 
but yeah, that I mean that was great, and that ran for a couple of years. And and Berniston's like internationally known. It's not just like I it's kinda, this little, you know, we Scottish sketch so that's just like people all over love it. Yeah, it is weird. I have been recognized in England, and I'm just kind of like, in fact, one of the weirdest places was Wales, because I was like, why would anybody even know what Berniston is? <laughs> do you know what I mean but it was like you do sort of get recognized it's always at the most ridiculous moment that you get recognized for these things um but yeah no it was it was an absolute uh, absolute joy of a show. I really was like the most fun you're only shooting for six weeks a year yeah but it's like literally and you know you're not in every day obviously because you're just kind of like the ensemble um and I wasn't even really in the first series that much at all um but it was just an absolute joy. It was just going about and dressing up and playing with your pals. Yeah. Basically, that's what it was. And doing stupid, just doing stupid stuff. Do you know what I mean? That you would never, ever get to do in normal life. And it was so, so, so fun. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, I suppose that maybe takes it back to, so when I was at college, never in a million years, did I have any interest in comedy <laughs> at all? At all. I was like, I am going to play Lady Macbeth and I'm yeah. going to be great. I am going to tread the boards and, you know, just like play sort of like serious dramatic stuff. And I'm, you know what, I've never had the chance to do it as, it, as of yet. Um, I kind of just sort of fell into comedy and then everything I've done since then has been comedy pretty much mm-hmm. um so that kind of led me you know like throughout the years I've managed to sort of be quite fortunate and sneak into wee episodes of like various Scottish comedy shows mm-hmm. so like Still Game and um Scott Squad and sort of like other wee bits and pieces like down here as well but it's that was sort of like right well okay I'm you know I seem to be doing a lot of comedy I don't really get seen for drama stuff at all um every now and then something will come up that'll get seen for I was like well I've always wanted to I've always enjoyed like reading and writing I was like well why don't I kind of try and combine you know the sort of like two worlds yeah um and a couple of years ago well just before the pandemic hit I suppose because I graduated this year I did a a diploma in comedy writing and production at the National Film and Television School. I have to make sure I get that right. NFTS, National Film and Television. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does switch around the letters. Um, so yeah, I, I did a diploma there. It was I was so fortunate that I managed to get um, it partly funded. Uh, Amazing. Because otherwise it would have been... Because uh, they're very expensive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a thing, right? just the pride yeah it's just kind of it's a bit crazy I just you know I'm somebody who who if I could I would just be studying my entire life do I mean I would do course after course after course yeah because I have to I mean because I did my degree in English degree and then I did the drama course and then I did an HND in photography and then I did this course as well and if it was up to me I would just keep going forever yeah. but it's just you know it's the price of these things isn't it and um kind of is like quite scary and then obviously in Scotland we're quite fortunate because you know education is uh free to a point yeah so that's that's good um but yeah so I, I, I was thinking imagine if you'd had to go like if you'd gone to drama school in London like just I saw something the other day and it was Rada's suggestion of what you need for the three years so your fees and then living for mm-hmm. three years and um, because they obviously don't want you to have a part-time job 70 grand for things. <laughs> oh my god. No wonder the industry is full of fucking posh people. <laughs> oh my god. Hold on. Did you say that was just for one year from three, three. years? That's for three, three years. years. Right, that's still shite. Oh my lord. 70 grand? 70 grand. That's like a hoop. three years. <laughs> that is a house. It's mad, isn't it? It is mad. It's so and it's just sad. I'm a poet. Um, it is just you are, of, and you don't even know it. It's, oh, um, it is just kind of frustrating, isn't it? I mean, 
Yeah, I don't even know. I, I when I was at school, um, even the thought I would never even thought the cro- oh my God, don't drink wine, people. It's bad for you. <laughs> you the thought of going anywhere else to study where you'd have to pay for something would never would not and could not have entered my mind. Like it would have been impossible. You know, from a low-income family, I had to... In fact, do you know what? See, for the drama uh, course, um, I had to take a loan for that, for Langside. And actually, that isn't... It wasn't that much money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it wasn't actually... But I had to take a loan for that, and I struggled to pay that. Um, and that's because you'd done your degree. Because I'd done my degree, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously, that, that was free. And it's like this, the second um, course... Like, I think my granny gave me £200, which was like, oh, it was like the greatest gift I've ever received. Yeah. <laughs> to, me, to this day, like, oh, my God, God bless her. I will never, ever forget it because it was like, it just managed to pull me out of this. It was scary. The, yeah. finance, the finance woman at Langside was trying to hunt me down. <laughs> I tell you. And I just spent the, I just spent the entire time in, in fear because I could not afford it. I just could not afford it. Um, but it's just it's such a barrier, isn't it? It really is such a barrier. It's a good barrier. And it's and, but it's not even like it's just the kind of even the psychological barrier of it because you're kind of like I can I can never. Oh my god, I'm just trying to think like of an 18, 19 year old Louise thinking that she could like even audition. That was one of the reasons I, I didn't even audition for the academy because I was like, didn't even enter my mind. Do you mean that I would even be an option? Because it was kind of like, mm, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. It just kind of felt a bit too like, oh, too, I'll never get in there. It was too, it's too kind of grand. Um, yeah. But the thought of even trying to audition for somewhere like Rada. And then also worrying about how the hell you're going to pay for it. I mean, it's you know you see people nowadays where they're sort of launching Kickstarters and stuff like that as well, which is which is good because there are people you don't you shouldn't have to do it, but it's kind of like there is almost people you know people are willing to help out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But back in the day, I'd I'd just be like, what the fuck am I? What the hell yeah. am I going to do? By but it's also that thing of like yeah sh- people shouldn't have to be doing it but if they're not doing it then literally our industry is just going to be full of those that can afford to do it and yeah yeah a whole raft of talent mm-hmm. yeah and that is kind of like the blueprint for the whole thing isn't it because I get so angry about theatre prices yeah mm, like I get so mad about it because mm-hmm. It's like, I'm trying to think, the first time that I saw a bit of theatre probably would have been like one of these two, like a TIE school type thing, right? Would have been the first time. Um, And then I probably, and then panels, you know, every now and then, like a community group out into a panel or something. Um, Although, actually, I always forget this. I did a panel when I was like 10 in the pavilion. (laughs) (laughs) I was like one of the street urchins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in Scrooge I, th- I think it was me and my sister were in it and it was like Andy Cameron and Dave Anderson playing Scrooge and I always remember because that year it was the same year that I won a daily record competition and I won the album from Batman Forever <laughs> I mean which my life kind of peaked then to be honest I had I had a job in the theatre and I won Kiss from a rose. Kiss from a rose. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, and that is kind of peaking there, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I want right now. Just somebody play Kiss from a Rose in a theater job. <laughs> I know so many people are gonna be listening to this going, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I'm not asking for anything else apart from their wine. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was saying, yeah, because it is, it's like, it's so important. And Panto is so important. Uh, and I've been lucky the past couple of years to do Panto twice at Cumbernauld Theatre before it shut. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that was as a, a sort of smaller scale, but it was bloody lovely. Yeah. Um, and it is, you can actually see, you can see the kids, how they react to it. And it's, they get involved. 
and you know there's sometimes they get so angry they're calling you names yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean it's just kind yeah. of evokes this mad mad passion in them um but yeah it, it's so funny but I was talking about this the other day to somebody I can't remember who it was um about the first kind of what I would consider proper piece of theatre that I saw that actually made me go <gasps> and it was it's that you the theatre group that was part of um Anchor that was the name of it they were brilliant um they took us to see like loads of shows and it was like Vanishing Point and like the Lost Ones and they were it was just kind of magical mm. stuff like I've ne- I had never seen anything like it in my life yeah. I'd only seen youth theatre which you know there's nothing wrong with that but you know not a big magical production youth theatre and panto yeah really both both have a place but seeing an actual bit of theatre like the Lost Ones which was kind of small scale but gorgeous and then I saw the first run of Blackwatch and it blew my fucking tiny mind yeah <laughs> like actually I couldn't believe it I could not believe it it was in SEC and it was the whole it was the first run of it um with that with the first cast and to see this massive production where it was like a majority of working class guys just like, you know, doing doing the thing and the story was enormous and, you know, the music ah was beautiful and the the and then seeing the seeing the um the physical performance of it as well. Was it who no? Who was it that done that again? Was it um, frantic? It was frantic, it was frantic sampling. Just yeah. seeing that for the first time, I'd never seen anything like it. Like it yeah. was just amazing. And I just bawled my eyes out. Like, it was, oh my God. seriously, just unbelievable. And it, I think it was just kind of seeing, it was just seeing kind of guys just kind of talking normal and being kind of, do you know what I mean? Like like other guys I, I would have seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of absolutely mind blowing. And I think it was that point when I saw that show that was what sealed the deal of I want to become an actor. Yeah. I want to do something like this. Yeah. You know I mean? So yeah, yeah. And I haven't done anything like that yet. 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 <laughs> yet. Yet. Yes. Yeah. Kiss is a musical. <laughs> <laughs> Choreography by Frantic Assembly. <laughs> Don't tell me. I think Steele might be up for that. I think you should. I think you should reach out. Like, hey, pal, what do you think? I said I'll have another glass of wine. I'll be giving you a rendition of it. Just because. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll circle back to you. Just completed your diploma for your um, writing. I forgot forgot we were actually doing a podcast. great this is my favorite kind so it's exactly what I love um so yeah so you finished that diploma in the screenwriting for comedy (laughs) yeah it was comedy writing and production so part of the end of that course is that we had to produce something um which was kind of a bit daunting because I've never done anything like that before um and it was sort of like, right, okay. And obviously it was like COVID. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, it's got a tiny, tiny budget. So it's not as if you can just like pay loads of people to do loads of stuff for you. Um, I was like, right, I'm going to write something that actually is like with COVID in mind. So make it as tiny as possible. One location, you can keep people apart. So I wrote this um short film called Ashes to Ashes, um, which is a pun on the what happens in the film. Uh, <laughs> um, so I had originally scheduled it to film down here in Wimbledon, um, in Wimbledon Common. In and Wimbledon. I, in Wimbledon, um, with the Wombles. Uh, no. <laughs> I originally, originally going to do it like, um, so my partner is a director, right? Um, so he kind of has an idea of how to direct stuff. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I mean, he would certainly would work, he works with bigger budget things than my tiny short. Um, but I'd, I'd originally scheduled it to do it down here, and I was going to be in it. And um, 
is a, another girl that I know, Sarah, um, who is wonderful, um, was also going to be in it down here as well. And then it was like January and it was like super, super lockdown. Mm-hmm. Like no one go anywhere. I was like, oh, fuck this. Do you know what? I'm not even, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to put it like totally on the back burner. Screw it. Um, and just forgot about it for a while. And then, you know, obviously things started to ease up and they were like, right, we need to get this done for your grad project. And I was like, do you know what? I've not seen my family for a while. It'd be great to go up to Scotland and mm-hmm. shoot it up there um, and try and, you know, kill two birds with one stone. And I had originally lined up Robert Florence from Burniston to direct it. And Robert was like, why are you not directing it? It's like, because uh, I don't know how you. <laughs> and he was like, come on, like, come on. You've, you know, you've been around TV shows. You know how to direct people. You've, what you've done, like, you know, theatre stuff. He's like, you are fully capable of doing it. And until, you know, he said that, which I thought was a, was a lovely thing because he was mm-hmm. like, actually, he was like, you, you, you know, it's another string of your bow. It's, it's a good way for you to sort of kind of expand. And I was kind of like, all right. And I suddenly had this feeling where I went, ah, because it kind of meant that I didn't have to be in it anymore, <laughs> which, was, which was weird because as an actor, you think, all oh, right, you know, I should, be, I should be in it and I should be trying mm-hmm. to get more stuff. But actually having this option to be like almost like a sort of outsider and like you know not having to worry about that part of it was kind of like oh my god this is amazing and I suddenly I was like right okay yeah definitely I want to direct it um and I got Sarah McCarty who's a wee gem and Laura mm-hmm. Lovemore who's also a wee gem mm-hmm. um who had agreed to do it and then I also got a uh, big Tyler as well mm-hmm. who is a big gem uh <laughs> There was a a shot in the film where we had to make him take a very, very, very wide stance uh, just for a camera angle. Uh, So I will forever love him. Um, But yeah, we sort of, we did it in one day in the Botanic Gardens. Um, I was, I was kind of like, ah, shitting myself because, you know, it's kind of like one shot at it, really. Do you mean? And I'm, I'm so aware like I said, we had a tiny, tiny budget, but I'm so aware of not wanting people to work for free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And obviously it's like, if it's a tiny, tiny short and people are willing to collaborate, great, brilliant. I've done free stuff myself. Great. But because I had this tiny budget, I was like, right, I want to try and divide this in a way where I'm going to be paying the cast and crew and not worrying about props and locations and do you know what I mean I didn't want the budget to go in that it's particularly in a time when COVID had shut everything down I was like oh, it was good for people to have a wee bit of extra cash as well yeah um so you know I managed to get everybody paid which was brilliant because it also felt better when I bossed them around <laughs> <laughs> yo I'm paying you <laughs> give me a gold No, everybody was lovely. Honestly, it was a tiny, tiny, tiny wee crew. Like, two cameramen sounds. My sister was runner. Um, and then the two, the, the three actors. Um, and then a couple of people who tried to get in the film. It's Glasgow, that's what happens. That's what happens. Take my, take my picture. Take my picture. I'll be on, I'll be on your film. <laughs> Throw your bottle at them. <laughs> a Saturday afternoon um in botanics. Saturday afternoon in the botanics <laughs> but do you know what the botanics I was kind of worried because see when I tried to get locations down here people were being really kind of like oh you know difficult and kind of a bit sort of standoffish and um felt kind of like they were trying to put obstacles in my way um but the botanics were so kind like they were so good they were just like particularly because it's a student film I mean, they were really helpful. Uh, people, like, when I was trying to find out who kind of was the person that I needed to talk to, everybody in the council was great, directed me where I needed to go. Like, they just made that whole part of it so easy, which was lovely because I went and worrying lovely. about it. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of goes... Yeah. Um, but actually, you sometimes forget that most people want to help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's I think it is the case, isn't yeah. it? It's like, most people are actually helpful and I think you kind of work yourself up in your mind that everybody's like out for themselves and they're yeah 
Um, so that was really nice. Um, so we shot we shot it in a day. Thankfully, it didn't rain much. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like I felt, you know, I felt bad because it was outside, and I just I know what it's like to do short films and be stuck in like a shitty location for hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours. And I tried to make it as comfortable as possible, but there's only so much you can do, really. Yeah. Um, but they're just like Sarah, lovely, you know, kind of just she she knows what she's doing. She's just like an absolute pleasure. Laura is brilliant. Like she's just Laura's just kind of one of these naturally funny people. I don't know if you know her. Do you know her? I've actually never met Laura. I only know her um, through like I know of her. Yeah, no, she's grand. She really is. And she's just kind of like our paths have never crossed, but I feel like we would get on very well. I think you would get on. She's very easy to get on with. Um yeah. but there's just points in the edit where it was um she made me laugh out loud quite a few times when I was watching it. She's just, I really just thought Sarah and Laura's chemistry is really lovely. There's real lovely. They've never met each other either, actually, if I recall. But do you know what? Actually, that was the first time I'd met Laura. <laughs> was on that day because we'd done like read throughs and stuff online. Yeah. Um, but the only reason that I like knew Laura as such was um, because she'd done the state of it, which was the comedy unit thing. Um and you know and I'd seen i have seen another short I think with her and Rachel Jackson, um as well who's also a very funny person. She's um, very funny. Uh, but yeah, so I've seen I sort of saw her and I was like, oh, you know, I've sort of just basically slipped into her DMs on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> you don't know me, but uh, do you want to do a film? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was lovely, and they were just so both of them just accommodating as well. I just I always just worry about asking too much people. Like I don't yeah. want to seem like I'm taking the piss. Yeah, I think I think that comes from though, doesn't it? Like when you are somebody who has been involved for a long time in our industry, and you know you've done all that, so you'll never come across like that anyway because you know what that feels like. It's the mm. people that don't act who've never actually done anything. Yeah, yeah. This was like working in um, people that have never worked in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like when the waiter drops the pints, don't go, hey, just don't do it because it makes the person want to die inside. <laughs> it literally makes them want to die inside. Like, why are we still doing that? Like, really? No, it makes me cringe every time I hear somebody doing it. You're like, Bleh. horrible, horrible. Please. Did, we work in, did we work in Church of the Hill together? I had just left, I think. Mm. I think. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Oh, I, I back know. in the day. Although I did actually go. No, hang on, no, because I did actually come back and help out a few times. Yeah, I feel like we did. I feel like we probably did. There was one day I came in to watch the football. It was like a European Euros or something, and uh, it was absolutely, it was absolutely rammed. And it was like, Elaine, please, 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 can you just come? I'll, I'll give you a drink all day. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, you agreed. Yeah, if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. I had free booze, so did my pal. We had the rest of the day. <laughs> I was like, cool. And only had to work half the shift as well, half the game. Uh, that's not too bad. It was actually, it was totally fine. But I did, like, I came in and it was funny. It was like, I was like, right, go, 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 go. Just that used to that kind of busyness of those days. Um, I'm actually, those of you don't know, that's a pub that's very near um, Scotland's National Football Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the, uh, so those days or concerts, it would get rammed. Rammed, really would. Rammed, rammed, rammed. <laughs> and uh, people thought they were really funny a lot of the time. Indeed, indeed. Um, talking <laughs> about being funny and being a female, how are you finding that in our industry? Um, do you know what? I feel at this point it is quite good <laughs> because... Right, so obviously that's not always been the case. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only in the past 10-ish years that it started to improve. Um, I think it's fair to say that the most recent sort of big comedy or comedy drama hits have been female-led. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, one of my favourite recent female-led and written comedies is Game Face. Have you seen it? Not watched it, no. So it's very good. Because, you know, because obviously the ones that everybody knows about is like Fleabag. 
and yeah. me up. But I, I mean, I think they're like comedy, the drama comedies. Yes, I would say that I would say they're more dramatic than comedy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Game Face is very much a comedy. Great, and Roshan Connery is hilarious. Like so, so funny. Um, if you've not watched that, then I really, really heartily recommend it. It's it's right. very good, and it's kind of a and you know what? It's actually about an actress who has to do temp work and kind of is a bit like fucking not the wrong fucking name um with my life um well that's a question i'm having <laughs> on the regular <laughs> this is an amazing scene in fact as i think it's the start of an episode so because she gets jobs like every now and then throughout it um like wee parts and things and i think it's funny what it i can't remember what series it is but it's like it's the start of an episode and she's standing outside outside the theater doors and she's listening to this like sort of like yeah inspirational podcast you're doing it and I'm I'm sort of like I'm ready to go and perform and you think you know makes you think that she's gonna perform this like big theatre show she walks in the stage doors she's strutting she's in costume period costume she's strutting down people are like hi hi um and then all of a sudden it cuts and she's working in London Dungeons (laughs) she's playing this like old sort of when she's like oh we're not self-deprecating and it's so kind of like it's probably one of the more realistic versions of being an actor yeah um that I've seen on telly to be honest because it's kind of the parts of it are just kind of depressing you're like oh god oh god um but yeah she's um she's brilliant but in terms of like myself the uh, female comedy um I think it's I think it's good at the moment I think um I think people are actively seeking out women uh to do things um I also you know because it's like just the diversity in all walks of life I think it's um people have been sought out and it's a great thing um and just probably places I think places where it can improve Mm -hmm. Um, I think Scotland I think, for example, most of the stuff that the comedy unit did recently, their shorts were mostly female-led, if not all. Yeah, that felt like very much about time, though. It kind of felt yeah. like with, with, I mean, I remember thinking, comedy unit, come on now, catch on, you know, like. Yeah, the thing is, the comedy unit are, you know, they have a, they do have a limited budget. Yeah. Um, And they don't, I'm like a big comedy unit fan. <laughs> and they, and you know, they don't actually make that much. Um, no. Uh, so I think I'm trying to think what was it there was the Gail and uh, Louise Gail and Louise's uh, there was the oh there was Susan's thing as well and then there was the two the ones with the two women in the security the security guards in the shop I think yeah um, I thought they were all great like I really I, I thought they were brilliant um, and kind of like I've never really seen one production company take a punt like that no, I thought it was really exciting when they did it. I thought, because um, it was like, it felt like for ages they hadn't. And then all of a sudden we had all, like so many options. And what I think um, Gail and Louise, which is um, McCarthy and uh, Stevens, um, it was like proper old sketch. It was like... Yeah, yeah. Like, but that's the thing. That's what they're good at. So fast. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that's the thing. They're Louise and Gail are like, great I mean they're great whatever but they're like that particular sketch kind of fast kind of sort of bigger than larger than life characters kind of they're so good and they're so funny do you mean um I think I think that it's not just you know people sort of like because I think the thing you have to understand is the thing you have to understand Aline Let me just get my pipe. Uh, um, so, like, women in comedy, right? People to this day, and I think you'll know people, and I know people who say things like, "Oh, women aren't funny." Mm-hmm. Do I mean it's it is still a, a thing that exists? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it exists on quite a larger um, extent than you would like to think. Absolutely, um, from young people to old people, uh-huh. and. That is that is kind of a fault of, of you know hundreds of years of societal conditioning. Um, Hi there, patriarchy. Yeah, and it's kind of you know it's going to take 
people to get used to that. And I, I can see why people would have been a couple of years ago hesitant to like put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like people are dicks when it's like, oh, I'm not watching that because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's women, just a bunch of women in it. Yeah. And it's like, well, and there's over the years, there have been things that bucked the trend, like French mm-hmm. Thunders, um, yeah. Smack the Pony. Do you know what oh I mean? Smack the Pony. <laughs> There's other reason. The one of my favourite Smack the Boy sketches is um like Sally Phillips is just getting dressed. No, she's getting put her makeup on for a night out. Mm-hmm. Just like in a mirror, just put her makeup on. And her husband's like, oh, hurry up or something. You know, he kind of moans in the background. And she just is doing her eyeliner and he moans and she just starts drawing this pair of like specks around yes. <laughs> I can't remember if she draws a moustache or not, but it's just this whole idea of like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And there's just everybody at Smack and Pony, the whole cast of Smack and Pony are fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, but actually, that leads me into Two Doors Down, which actually is a very female led comedy. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. the bigger characters in that are, um, I think, I think the women, to be honest, it's particularly Dune, who is an absolute hero of mine. I fucking love her. Um, I've never met her, never worked with her, but. One day, I'm going to touch her. (laughs) (laughs) Only if she gets your permission first, like you. Um, (laughs) I love her. I love her. Um, But yeah, so I think think it's a hundred million times better than it was like 10 years ago. And I can kind of see, I can see why why it took so long and I can see the journey of why it took so long. It's shite that it took so long. Um, But I still think that idea of women only funny still exists yeah definitely yeah a hundred percent and and I think that's just because people haven't been exposed to it I think it's exposure people have to see like what I'm not a fan of is uh like sort of stunt oh we've got all women on our panel this week you're kind of like just have fucking half the women the normal way. Who cares? I mean, it's like it's so transparent and it kind of makes you go Bleh, like this as well. For example, one of my least favorite moments in um, this is not even anything related to comedy, but one of my least favorite moments in I can't remember which Avenger film it is um, quite recent. There's it's like the one where like all the Avengers will come at the end to beat Thanos, I think, right? And there's this shot where it goes zoom and all the Marvel women are all standing, like poised, ready to fight. And it kind of just makes me go, ah, no, no, just have them like a normal, like doing what everybody else is doing. It was just like this one frame and it was just kind of, it just kind of makes me cringe. And I guess... I get why I'm trying to push it. Like, look how great we are at representing all these women. Well, you don't have to single it out. Just yeah, yeah. It just feels like oh, there's a frame full of women. It's like, why do you put them on a wee box? Really? Like, literally put them in a box. Do you know what I mean? It's like, just, just have it like as every as all the male dudes are doing. It just kind of maybe go oh with like this. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get it wrong. Um, if Marvel are listening to this, I um would desperately love to do one of your films. <laughs> That I would love to be a superhero, a Scottish superhero who had powers of making totty scones. Um, yeah, so oh, I mean, and who's not going to buy into that? <laughs> I mean, that have not had a tatty scone, it's the perfect tatty scone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you've not had a tatty scone, you need to get on that. Um, do you think you're going to kind of continue down this route of writing more comedy and maybe writing for yourself? Um, this is an this is an issue, a psychological barrier that I have, I think, is writing for myself. Uh I get moaned at for it <laughs> by by my tutor, because it was like, oh my god, he the, right. So one of my worst nightmares ever in a million years would be made would be made, being made to do stand-up. Like the actual fear. It was, it was a, see if I ever do stand-up, right? Know that something deeply I'm being held hostage something <laughs> <laughs> it's like a secret code okay that I need to be saved okay because the actual fear that it strikes into me is just horrendous mm. I just this whole idea of like 
oh no this, this pressure of having to be funny <laughs> do you know what I mean just makes me actually I think I'd probably go on stage I think I'd immediately like faint or vomit or something um but anyway I, I, during the course we were sort of asked to do a bit of that but I did conveniently be ill that week <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Um, so you know, so maybe I kind of need to get over that fear of no, I'm never going to get over the fear of stand up because I'm just never going to do it um, mm-hmm. in a million years. Um, but I need to get over that fear of like, I think it's just kind of self being sort of self conscious, and I feel that that would maybe I'd worry that that would hinder how I would write a character. Yeah, because I'd worry yeah. that I'd I don't know. Do you know what I don't I wonder know. sometimes if that I comes you know, I've never done it. I've never done it. Yeah, I also wonder sometimes though if that comes from like us as performers and particularly female performers that we're kind of told never to big ourselves up too much. Mm-hmm. Don't be arrogant. It's not people don't like that, you know, don't kind of toot your own horn and all of that stuff no actually I will fucking toot my horn horn because I'm a really good great writer and I'm a really bloody brilliant actress so why can't I do both yeah it's kind of interestingly I was having this conversation with the delightful Sharon Young last week um gorgeous Sharon gorgeous she's just her eyes are like a beautiful pool of water (laughs) in the desert (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope I wasn't staring at her too much, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll listen to podcasts and she'll know now. So, lovely, lovely. Will you marry me, Sharon Young? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, it's quite interesting. We're talking about, like, the generational difference about how, um, you know, it's sort of, it's more, and that's because of the internet and all that sort of business, and you find yeah. more like-minded people and, you know, everybody kind of goes, oh, that person thinks like that. Oh, that must be all right. Um yeah, I think I think it's slightly more acceptable now um, to be like that. And, you know, there's other people are kind of catching up with it. And I've always been, you know, I've I was a very, very early adopter of Twitter, like super early. Um you were, yeah. Like and you know, I I I'll tell you what, the glory days of 2010, what a beautiful time that was. It was just a bunch of people making jokes. It was beautiful. Uh <laughs> now. <laughs> but now I want to claw my eyes out every time I look. Um, but yeah, so I think I think it's a sort of more acceptable now, and you kind of just have to like adapt or die. Um, but I, I mean, I, I try. I think I'm relatively all right at publicizing stuff that I'm doing and talking about stuff that I'm doing. But I kind of, and I'm quite aware of this that I do it in a sort of self-deprecating way quite a lot of the time. Um, in that sort of classic Scottish thing yeah. <laughs> I think we you I know, know we've got the fucking female actor and being Scottish fuck <laughs> you're done for fucked it <laughs> fucked it you, you made a poorly choice <laughs> you, you chose unwisely <laughs> <laughs> drinking from the chalice that turns you into dust <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think I think things have I think things have definitely got better now, and people are. Although you worry, actually, oh god, I'm starting to sound like a fucking granny here. Nothing wrong with grannies, don't cancel my grannies. Um, where you worry about people feeling like they have to constantly pick themselves up. That's what I that I also think is a thing. Do you know what I mean it's like? Yeah. And it's like, if you don't have anything to big yourself up about, does that make you feel bad that you can pick yeah, yourself well, up? Yeah, there's so definitely, maybe, yeah, there's definitely something about that, isn't there? Which is, like, which social is media definitely brings that out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah and you do, you kind of, it's so, it's so hard. Um, you look at sort of people who are like working and doing this and doing that or being productive. That is like one of the biggest things I think for me is like, you see people being productive and you're like, <gasps> oh no. I'm sitting here playing a computer game. <laughs> and I'm, 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 usually like, tea. <laughs> I'm usually like, oh, I'm sitting here scrolling Instagram again. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's just it's a, there's a lot going on for people, I think. Yeah. Nowadays for sure. But what which is, you know, it, it's sort of double-edged sword, isn't it? It's like the internet is great because it has opened 
opportunities up to people that would never normally have opportunities and the information that's there is wonderful and then there's just kind of this slightly worrying you know mental health issue that I think is quite I quite like ah, press yeah. people um yeah. but I can't even why why the fuck have we started talking about this no we were just talking about bigging yourself up and that kind of because oh, I was saying to you about putting your two skills together mm. and you're kind of and I was just saying maybe that's that fear because I think there is and it is a generally generational thing I think as well mm. also mm. You, you make a very valid point Louise about that fear of like you know feeling like you always have to be saying you're doing something or I'm doing this or I'm doing that yeah it is it's, I think it's the pressure isn't it it's like yeah. it's very much like improv I'm not mm. a fan of doing improv I enjoy watching improv but the, it was again one of the things at college where you had to do improv and I was like oh no because again and it was this is like a peer led a kind of stand-up element to do yeah improv. and people yeah. feel like people feel like when you're doing improv it has to be funny you know and because that's quite a lot of what people do is like stand up as comedy improv um but even like a dramatic scene would then become funny yeah. and it's and it's I think it's the pressure of that you kind of go ah um but I, actually I was like I was thinking of something maybe I'll sign up to improv classes just to make myself like face that fear of doing it do you know what I mean thing to do it might be a great um, thing. It might be a terrible thing. I don't know. <laughs> I think it could be a great thing. And um, before we finish up, we like to ask everybody a question. Um, so you may or may not know this, but um, the reason we're called persistent and nasty is about kind of reclaiming stuff. And we are named persistent after Elizabeth Warren quote. Nevertheless, she persisted. And reclaiming nasty after Mr. Trump called Hillary a nasty woman for mm-hmm. giving facts. So. Louise Stewart. Oh no. What does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you? This is too close to improv. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> I can't deal with this. I'm already a swim. <laughs> um, so hold on, can I just clarify the question? Um, the phrase is the phrase persistent and nasty, it's not individual words. It's no, it's the phrase. And what does it make you think of? It's what it what it what it makes you think of, what it makes you feel. What it inspires you. Obviously, obviously it makes me think of you first, uh, because the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's quite it's interesting, isn't it? Because the whole that those two words are, you know, a neg almost negative, and uh, you know, yeah, maybe less so than nasty, but they, you know, they are like negative words, particularly when applied to women, and mm-hmm. um, sort of like. Nasty. Just, oh, nasty is such an interesting word, actually, isn't it? Nasty. Yeah. Um, I mean, I um maybe I'm just kind of a bit old and jaded. <laughs> Not either of them. Where when I'm kind of like, fuck it. <laughs> but like, you know, this if somebody was to call me, I think well, you know, do you know what I'm trying to think? If somebody called me persistent and nasty right I don't think I'd be upset about the persistent part nasty I'd be like what have I done to upset this person oh no they hate me um yeah. but it is but this is the thing isn't it it's about sort of reclaiming this idea of anybody being assertive yes um and it's I mean fucking hell sometimes I'm just sitting and then I remember Trump existed I know it melts my mind I know I mean it still exists obviously yeah. <laughs> but just that I'm just like what um, and it's just, it's that idea of like, just trying to take somebody down when there's absolutely no good reason for mm-hmm. it at all. Mm-hmm. I think you um, had it when you said it, first of all, like, it's like, fuck it. It's like, yeah. like, it's just like, fuck. it is just like, fuck it. And it's like, be what you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because I'd like to rewatch, uh, previous Big Brother sees and see what Nasty Nick, if he was that nasty. <laughs> he was indeed was it, was it that I nasty? love that. I don't think in the over 100 episodes that we have done, anybody has made the correlation between <laughs> us asking that question to the original <laughs> series of Big Brother and Nasty Nick. Well, yes. if anybody was going to make it, it, it was, was going to be me, baby. Nasty <laughs> <laughs> Nick. I love it. Well, the reference to God knows what the fucking error that was. 
I love that. Um, Louise Stewart, you are an absolute joy. Thank you so much for joining me. Bless you. I'm sorry for talking so much. (laughs) You did not. Never apologize. That's rule number one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't apologize. Fuck you all. No, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Totally keeping that in. Um, Thanks so much, Louise, and lovely listeners. As always, until next time, stay nasty. Woo! <laughs>